Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now your host, James Swanson. It's time now for the fifth and final installment of the wide receiver film room series. And on today's podcast, we're going to talk about three guys. Normally I've done two. So on today's pod, three wide receivers to cap off our film room series for all of the not all of the wide receivers entering the 2019 NFL draft, but these are the guys that we really want to center our focus, um, kind of you know really really focus and, and hone in on um, guys that I think could make an impact at the next level more quickly than some other guys um, could have a, a real impact in terms of fantasy in terms of the fantasy landscape. So we're gonna jump right into that. But first, my name's James Swanson. This is Pad the Stats Fantasy Football Podcast. Your home for everything fantasy football before starting the show today again i just want to remind everybody that you can follow us on twitter at pad the stats facebook instagram you can find the podcast subscribe and listen download it on stitcher uh, spotify google play tune in radio itunes apple podcasts so you can pretty much find us anywhere um you know that you really listen to your podcast we're pretty much everywhere so go ahead download the the podcast subscribe to the podcast we really appreciate you listening and hopefully we'll get you ready again this primarily i've i've talked about this a lot is is this time of the year we're trying to get everybody ready for their rookie drafts for their dynasty drafts i think those are you know i know our group we we do our our rookie and free agent dynasty draft in may i think uh, a lot of of people after the nfl draft is complete and we find out where these rookies are going everybody's kind of itching to get those drafts you know re, you know underway and 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 get those those taken care of and done and i know we'll be doing it pretty much you know 2 to 3 weeks after the nfl draft is complete so that is why we are focusing a lot of attention right now on rookies entering the draft and getting you ready so you know exactly what these guys do well, what they don't do well. And a lot of this is going to be scheme fit, right? You know, a lot of these players, it's going to depend on what system they go to, what quarterback they play with. Um, you know, are they in a run-heavy scheme? Are they in a pass-heavy scheme? There are a lot of things to keep in mind. But, but for now, to preface all of that, at least what we can do here is get you ready and and let you know, hey, you know, again, what do these guys do well? What do they, what don't they do well? Based on a lot of their college film that we've sat down and watched and dissected, as well as the Senior Bowl, some of their combine results. So let's get right into it, and we're going to talk about two wide rece- wide receivers out of Ohio State today, Terry McLaurin and Paris Campbell, and we're also going to talk about another guy who could creep into the first round potentially, though I think his Stock has fallen maybe slightly, and that's Hollywood, Marquise Hollywood Brown out of Oklahoma. So we're going to actually start with Paris Campbell, though, and and we'll we'll go Paris Campbell, and then I'll talk about Marquise Brown, and then I'll get into Terry McLaurin last. Now, Paris Campbell, now all three of these guys are, are game breakers. They all have elite speed, four high four twos, low four threes. Now, Marquise Brown did not run at the combine because of that foot injury. He has that Liz Frank injury currently that he's nursing, um, or at least he's you know recovering from, and that's a tricky one. We'll get into that when we talk about him. But but the bottom line is all three of these receivers have game breaking speed. Right, they're all playmakers. So you get the ball in their hands and they can do things that that really break the game open. And from a fantasy perspective, 
you know, of course we we love to see that. But the question is, are these going to be are these guys going to be players who see enough volume? And I think that's one thing that we need to look at. And starting with Paris Campbell, you know, I always start with some of the pros that I like about guys. So we're going to start right there again. And and some of the things that I saw from Paris Campbell, and I guess what I'll do here is preface it by kind of giving you some of some of the measurables from his combine results. So so to start off, 5'11 and 7 eighths for Paris Campbell, 205 pounds, 9 and 3 quarter inch hands, 33 inch arms, ran a 4-3-1. So this guy can really fly. 11 reps on the bench press, 40 inch vertical. So he's a good athlete, right? 4-3-1, 40 inch on the vertical. Now, I'm one of those people who I don't I don't put too too much stock into what these guys are doing in tights and what they're you know what they're running at the combine in a straight line because a lot of that stuff doesn't matter. I think the three cone, some of the shuttle drills are much more um you know deserving of our attention uh than some of these other things that that get more of the attention. I I think a lot of people would agree with that. Now Paris Campbell though is a good combine guy. I mean there's no question about it. He's a he's a very good athlete. He's explosive. He's got really you know, he's quick, he's fast, and I do think he's more than just a track guy. I think he has a knack for, you know, kind of finding soft spots against zone coverage. I think he does that very well. He works the middle of the field very well. He has good vision and good feel for where he's at on the field and kind of working those soft spots in the zone. I thought he did that extremely well, and that's a system that Ohio State utilized, um, you know, quite a bit is, you know, having their receivers and Paris Campbell specifically is is you know playing they're playing a lot against a lot of zone coverages and he's a guy who I thought did that very well he he did that better than a lot of guys that I've seen so far is just a feel for getting open in zone coverages settling down in those soft spots and becoming a target um, you know for his quarterback so you know I thought another thing that he did really well I thought he set up his routes really well with quick stop and goes to, he was you know one thing that I the one word that kept coming to mind was deceitful. I thought he set up his routes in a way where, you know, he was setting up, it was kind of creeping up on quarter, on corners. And it wasn't just, you know, flying by guys. It was setting them up with, with little deceitful moves and then, and then blowing past them. And I thought he was very, very good at that. That's something that was very impressive. I thought he showed good patience in setting up his crossing routes. He uses defenders and honestly he uses the field judge really well to kind of set up his crossing routes. He does a really good job of of getting in pick plays. Somebody like, a, you know, a team like New England who lives and dies on a lot of pick plays and a lot of crossing routes, I think he would be very good in a system like that. Um, he, you know, middle of the field stuff is where Cam- Paris Campbell is really going to ex- excel. On the outside, I, I, I don't see it as much. I don't see him as, as being an outside guy. I think he's going to have kind of his niche of working the middle of the field, working some crossing routes, you know, doing some of those things. He's a game breaker. You just got to get the ball in his hands. And Ohio State did a nice job of that in getting the ball in his hands on a lot of jet sweeps, um, end arounds. That's something that that he's going to be utilized at the next level in, you know, on those types of plays. In addition to a guy who can hit the home run every once in a while. But again, I think there are some things that that Paris Campbell does extremely well. You know, in terms of working the middle of the field, in terms of hitting that home run, getting the ball in his hands, being a guy who just breaks open a game, who can really make a play at any point in the game, I think he can do that. There are a lot of things about Paris Campbell I don't like. And out of 
all of the receivers that I've covered so far, Paris Campbell is farther down my list because of a lot of the things. There are there are more things that I don't like about him than any other receiver, I think. And it's not to say that I don't think this guy can have a really, you know, carve out a really significant role in an NFL offense. But I do think he's going to have a niche role, again, as as a playmaker, but not a complete receiver. I don't think he's a very good route runner. I think we see him round routes off a lot. I think that he's just not complete in his route tree necessarily. I don't think he's a willing blocker. He's not very physical. 205 pounds, I mentioned. I think he actually plays about 15 to 20 pounds less than that, or lighter than that, I should say. Um, he just does not play very... He's not, not a willing blocker. He's not very physical. And I think he's somebody who gets pushed around kind of easily. I thought he goes down, very, you know, easily too when he's catch, you know, after the catch on the catch and run. I think he's somebody who, you know, just doesn't. We've, we've seen a lot of the bigger receivers right in this draft class, and even guys like Debo Samuel and A.J. Brown who are making plays, breaking tackles. I don't see that as much from Paris Campbell. I think he's somebody who kind of goes down easily uh, on contact. He's not going to win consistently on 50-50 balls and tight man coverage. That's another thing that he just really doesn't do. It's um, you know just not really in his arsenal. And he tends to turn around too quickly and backpedal on routes down the field. What I mean is when he gets, you know, when there's a, a throw down the field, a vertical throw, and he's in his route, it he almost, <clears throat> excuse me, he does this thing where he, he kind of turns around and starts backpedaling. And it's something that, you know, I think he just sometimes needs to just run through the route instead of kind of, you know, turning and backpedaling and trying to locate the ball almost too early is what it looks like to me. It's what he's doing on tape. So, you know, there are a lot of things that, again, that concern me about Paris Campbell. The fact that he is such an explosive athlete and when you get the ball in his hands in the open field he's going to make a play at any any point in the game he's going to break open a play at any point in the game I don't think this is somebody you're going to want to draft as 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 high though as some of the receivers we already talked about he's not going to be as consistent in the game plan you know for most offenses from what I can tell and that's a concern to me we we talk about a lot of these other guys Nikhil Harry even A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, but also, you know, you know, D.K. Metcalf, the higher guys on the list, on the board, they're going to be guys who are involved in the game, I think, more heavily than Paris Campbell. He's going to be a guy who maybe excels a little bit on special teams or gets a crack at special teams early in his career. And eventually, he could carve out a, a bigger role in the offense, but it's not going to be right away. The, the best comp that I honestly had for Paris Campbell was Ted Ginn. I see a lot of the same similarities. A guy who can hit the home run. Now, Paris Campbell, I think, does is a little bit more of, a, of an underneath guy than, than Ted Ginn. But in terms of just their, the, their fluidity and, and the type of athlete that they are in the open field, I see a lot of the same, the, the same things between Ted Ginn and Paris Campbell. So, look, I think he's a guy who can have a good career. But in terms of fantasy, I don't think you want to put too much stock at in him early in your rookie drafts. There are some guys who I think are going to have much better starts to their career, and I think there are guys who are going to carve out much bigger roles than Paris Campbell will. Okay, next on the list, we are going to jump to Marquise Brown, wide receiver out of Oklahoma, a guy who I have seen go in the first round in some mock drafts. I've actually seen him 
you know, as high as 20 to the Steelers. Um, I've seen him in other places as well, even in the second round too. I think this is a guy, personally, and I'll start by saying this, I, I, I think he's more of a second-round pick to me. I don't think Hollywood Brown is a first-round pick. The biggest concern here is that Liz Frank injury. How's that foot going to hold up? Liz Frank injuries are very tricky. There's been a number of them over the years. We've seen some decline after a few years of guys, you know, of a player's career where, you know, two to three years down the road, you know, players see some uh, a bit of a decline. It's a, it's a tricky injury. There's no question about it. So especially for a guy who relies a lot on his speed, quickness, his, you know, game-breaking ability, playmaking ability, a guy like, excuse me, Marquise Brown, that's exactly what he is, right? 5'9", and a little bit over 5'9", 166 pounds, 9-inch hands, 30-inch arms. Of course, he didn't do anything at the combine because of that foot injury. But he's not a big guy, right? I mean, you know, those numbers speak for themselves. He's a, he's a little guy. He's cousin of Antonio Brown. So, um, you know, I'm sure people are going to want to try to draw some comparisons there. But he is a different player than Antonio Brown, you know, from what I've seen. And, you know, he's faster. He plays faster. I think he's a guy who would probably run in the low 4-3, somewhere around that Paris-Campbell range. Maybe even in the 4-2s, high 4-2s. He's, look, the, the one thing that I wrote down for Marquise Brown here, the, the biggest thing I should say, there's, there's a few things, but the biggest thing is he's the most dangerous open field playmaker in this class. I don't think it's really that close. I don't. There are some really good playmakers in this class. A lot of good guys who can really break open a game when they have the ball in the in the open field. There are a ton of guys in this class. I'm so excited about this wide receiver class, but there's one guy who stands out above them all, and it's Marquise Brown. And if that foot is okay, if he can recover from that, if you trust in him, this this I really do believe the ceiling is pretty high for a guy like Marquise Brown, where Paris Campbell can be a playmaker, but I don't see the ceiling as being as nearly as high. You know, Marquise Brown is is more explosive than Paris Campbell, and, and I think he can be a more complete receiver than Paris Campbell, where Paris Campbell's going to have that niche role that I talked about. I think that Marquise Brown is a every-down player. I think he can be on the field wrecking havoc, almost like a Tyree kill a little bit. I think that, that that's probably where a lot of people are going to draw some similarities and comparisons because that shake and bake and plus, you know, the combination of the shake and bake and the straight line speed is all there for Marquise Brown. He can score at any moment. He's more explosive than Paris Campbell, like I mentioned. Even though Paris Campbell, you know, ran a 4-3-1, very impressive, and he is explosive. When he gets down the sideline, he's gone too. But I think Marquise Brown takes it to another level. So... You know, this is a guy who I think that he can fit in a lot of different offenses because you just need to get the ball in his hands. Now, I don't necessarily want to see him go to somewhere like Tennessee or Washington, but, you know, I think there are a lot of places where Marquise Brown can excel, and I think he will excel. Now, because of that foot injury, I'm not going to put him up near the top of my list. And there are still some things that do concern me with him. The biggest thing being, I don't think he catches the ball very cleanly in traffic. I think that's, you know, the size is going to hurt him at times. Now, he can win in so many other different ways. And I think if you get a creative mindset 
a creative offensive coordinator, he's going to be able to win in a lot of different ways. So at the end of the day, it's about how you utilize this guy. But again, he can be a complete receiver, three-down receiver. There's no question about it. It's just, you know, a matter of, again, the biggest concern being that foot. Can he recover from it? And if he does, I think Marquise Brown is going to have a a pretty good career. I think he has a chance to be a very, very good receiver. He's not quite as high for me as Kelvin Harmon, as DK Metcalf. I would still rather have those guys over him. I would still rather have Nikhil Harry. I would still rather have A.J. Brown and Debo Samuel, but he falls probably right in that range with Samuel and A.J. Brown, just maybe slightly behind for me right now. And look, I, I can't stress it enough. If if the foot is okay, we're going to be looking at somebody, I think, who has a a real chance to be... He The ceiling is extremely high, is kind of what I'm getting at here. The ceiling is extremely high, and Marquise Brown has a chance to be a real game-breaker the next level. Again, like Tyreek Hill, similar, very, very similar in that sense. And I'm excited to see kind of where he ends up. But again, I think I would put him around 5th or 6th on my rankings list right now. And then third and final receiver to talk about here is another Ohio State guy, and that's Terry McLaurin. And I think this guy kind of flies under the radar more than any other receiver we've talked about to this point. I've already seen him even creep up near the first round. I don't know if he's going to get that high. I doubt he does because there are a lot of receivers in this class who also deserve a lot of hype and attention. And I think Terry McLaurin's going to continue to fly under the radar a little bit. He could even fall in the third round somewhere. I don't know if he gets into the second round. But I would love, 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 if I'm an NFL team, I would love to have Terry McLaurin in the third round. I think he can be an absolute steal at that spot. Six foot, 208 pounds, nine inch hands, 31 and a half inch arms, four three five forty. I did not think that he would run that fast. 18 reps on the bench press, 37 and a half inch vertical. The speed is what gets me, and, and it's, He's another guy who can really he kind of sneaks up on you. You know, it's a very he's a very smooth, smooth runner. He kind of glides, and I don't think that you necessarily see it on tape, but when he does get in the open field, he does have another gear. He absolutely has another gear. It's that subtle speed and quickness that gets you very quick feet at the line of scrimmage when sending up to uh, you know, defenders on his route. That's one thing that that I think he actually does better than anybody I've seen so far is when you talk about choppy feet and then bang, right into the route, whether it's an in-cut, out-cut, post-corner route, he runs all those very well. The post-corner routes are where I think he really excels. He can really get a a defender off of his spot by setting him up for posting corners. I think he does that better than anybody I've seen so far. He's a very good route runner. That's I think that's going to benefit him immensely at the next level I think he's going to have a step up on a lot of guys I actually think that he could find a role quicker than Paris Campbell and Marquise Brown at the next level though I like I said I think Marquise Brown will be a complete receiver I think that that Terry McLaurin has a chance to do it quicker than both of those guys and I think the route running is something that's going to benefit him you know just huge at the next level another thing he doesn't drop anything I haven't seen him drop a pass Anywhere in the game film that I've watched, very impressive. 
he doesn't seem to have very many mental lapses, and I'm very impressed at that. I think, again, I think he has a chance to be one of the best, if not the best, route runner in this class. Very good hands. I think this, you know, again, I think it's a really nice ceiling for Terry McLaurin at the next level. He is another guy with a high ceiling. Now, the one thing that he does do, I think he tends to body catch a lot, but, you know, I don't think it's a huge concern. If you're not having drops, like we talked about Nikhil Harry, who's somebody who has some lapses in in concentration, drops and passes here and there. I think those are the guys you need to be concerned about if they're doing if they're kind of doing a lot of body catching. But Terry McLaurin's not somebody I think we need to to worry about there. You know, I think he's the one other thing that I would say if we're talking about knocks on Terry McLaurin. I think he's similar to Paris Campbell. I don't know if it's an Ohio State receiver thing, but he's not an extremely willing blocker. Um, you know, a little bit, I think he's a little bit stronger than than Paris Campbell. He's, I don't think he's going to get pushed around quite like that, but I also don't think he's very willing in the in the run game, you know, to, to get up on corners, to stock block, to really be committed to that part of the game. So that's something that I think that he will need to work on just in terms of, you know, football in general, just in terms of, of sticking on the field. Um you know, and being a complete receiver. But in terms of fantasy, the route running, the hands, um, I think he has a chance to be a really, really complete receiver. I I see actually see a lot of, you know, like A.J. Brown is somebody who I think has a chance to be a complete receiver. Terry McLaurin in the same sense. I think those two guys have chances to be really just overall, all around, everything you want out of a receiver, a complete receiver, maybe more so than any any other guy in this class. Uh, those two guys, I would pin that that on, um, you know, specifically, I should say. All right, well, that just about does it. So Terry McLaurin, Marquise Brown, Paris Campbell, the last three of our wide receivers. I am going to have a rankings release of my wide receivers for, you know, the upcoming rookie before before the NFL draft, and hopefully sooner rather than later. Here, I'll get those uh, I'll get those out and do a podcast on kind of where I find all these guys. It'll probably be a quick podcast, maybe even release something on on Twitter. So look out for that in terms of my rankings. And um, next, we're on to the tight end. So we have three or four tight ends, I think, that we want to talk about. We'll probably squeeze all those into one podcast, and then we'll talk about the running backs after that. So enjoy your day, everybody, and uh, look for the podcast today. It'll be out this morning. So uh, we'll talk to you next time on Pad the Stats. Bye-bye.